had a lot of people ask me, how could you tour and go and leave your family and your friends and leave them at home and be okay with that? And it's a great question. And usually what I think when someone asks me a question like that is I think about soldiers that are deployed because they, they have a much more noble respect for, for being away from the family. Like me going and playing music isn't as noble as a, a man or a woman saying I'm deploying overseas in Afghanistan. Uh, there's a big difference in those two, I think. And those that are deploying overseas are gone a lot longer than any tour could possibly be. It, it doesn't change the fact that I've thought about it a lot. I think about it a lot. I think about it every time I go out, which hasn't been in a while because of the craziness of the world. But, but as I've gotten older and my family has grown and my roots have gotten deeper in Texas, it occurs to me a lot, like, man, I'm leaving, I'm leaving home. What, what am I leaving behind? And I have an answer to that. It's, it's multi-step, but I have answers that I feel like really justify me being gone. And anyone that travels for a living could listen to this. And, and I think because I've thought so much about it and I've had, I've gotten to digest it so much, I think, um, anyone could benefit from these thoughts, even if you, even if you're just a weekender, you have to leave for the weekend, or you just have to leave on Mondays and Tuesdays, and you're an over-the-road trucker, or, or maybe if, if you are a soldier and you're listening to this, I think it could matter to you. And that's the question I got today. And me and my buddy Bernie, we're here on this podcast. We're going to dissect that question, go through. I'm going to tell you everything I think about it. And we got a lot of questions. And if you have anything for me, anything at all, could just be a shout out, could be music related, could be tour related, could be world related or career related, or you just need to talk. Email me, grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. I'll put it in an archive and we'll throw it on here on a Monday morning podcast. Thank you for joining us wherever you are. I appreciate you giving me this platform. Wherever you're listening, whatever you're doing, whenever you listen, whatever your ritual is for listening to this podcast, I'm just grateful you're here and that you keep coming back. And if you're brand new, welcome. This is the Granger Smith Podcast. Yee yee. Thanks for having I'm me back. Pumped, man. Yeah. We, we've been planning this for a little bit. We want to make this a regular thing where it's, you know, I don't know if it's once a month or twice a month, but you're just so good at uh, on this podcast and answering questions. I love your advice for me. I figured 
other people could love your advice for them. Yeah, well, back at you, man. You're good on this podcast, which is why it's the Granger Smith podcast. <laughs> all right, all right, I'll take it. All right, let's dig into some questions here. I I went through. I kind of sprinkled in some light ones, some heavy ones, some music ones. This first one, and I don't know what order that they're coming up. So here we go. Let's hit it. This like first it. one says, "Hey Granger, it's Connor here. First off, I want to let you know, um, love the new album." Here's my question. As an artist, what is something you look for in your musicians? What's something that makes you go, wow, I want this guy to play for me? I know you've previously mentioned that your band pretty much has stayed there since the beginning. But as a professional drummer, I wanted to know for myself, what do you look for and what stands out? Uh, P.S. It's a long time dream to play for you one time. I had a feeling that P.S. was coming. It's like Connor was like, "What are you looking for?" You know, like uh, somebody so could, named Connor. That's, I could do uh, that. Oh, yeah. It's a good question, um, and I always wonder. Can I, I see this question come up a bunch? So I wonder if if musicians uh, kind of map together a game plan on how to how to land a, a gig that they want. Um. And probably a lot of the things I'll say is the things that you don't want to hear. As a mus- musician, meaning not a front guy, um, not the not the lead singer, musicians have a different path. And to me, of, of course, you got to have talent, but in a, in a lot of ways, talent just kind of opens the door. And you see massive huge touring bands and sometimes they don't have the greatest musicians it's other factors come into play so networking is huge for musicians networking so that you can get on that short list of a lot of people where they say "Uh, do you guys know any drummers this happens to me all the time i'll get texts from singers or other band members that say hey man looking for a drummer let me know if you know anybody it happens a lot so you need to be on my short list so that I reference you to whoever asked that question. How do you do that? Well, I would start going to, if you don't know anybody in the industry, in your genre, I guess your country music, you didn't say. I would go to, I would start with the closest place where you live that has live music and get there before the doors open and stay there after the doors close and just I would, here's here's what I'd do. I would literally walk around to the back of the venue and don't be a creeper, but that's where the band is. The band's out there putting stuff in the trailer. I would just walk up and say, What's up, man? I'm Connor. Go up to the drummer and say, I'm Connor. Man, great show tonight. Uh, what was the symbol that you had on the left? You know, ask him a couple questions, flatter him a little bit, and just say, yeah, I live down the road. Um, I'm actually a drummer, too. I'm looking to get into this business. And if he's a nice guy, you guys exchange numbers, and that's that's step one. Um, how did you find musicians at the time? Um, I don't know. Through, I, friend, through friends a of friends. Fantastic answer for Connor that you want to hear is I don't know. But through I, I think, friends of a friend, I can answer for you that. Yeah. I, I think what, what jumps to mind is um, there's this small little book that nobody's probably ever heard of called 
how to win friends and influence people. Yeah. Um, but I, I think if you take some of, you know, Connor, pick that up, read some of those principles. I think that a lot of that is going to... That's good for everyone, by the way. Yeah. Or in any industry. Yeah. <laughs> That's I, a great I, book. I, I think it's going to point you to, um, one, just be really damn good at what you do. Yeah. And also be very likable. Like, uh, we want to recommend people that we love to work with and that are thoughtful and that are generous and considerate. When you're really good at your craft, it makes it that much easier to say, oh, call Connor. But even if you're just on your way up and you become very likable, um, people just want to recommend people that they like. So um, so true. Yeah, so true. I, I My first band that I put together, I was going to Texas A&M. I was a freshman. And I put it, this is back when I don't think people put classified ads out anymore, but the school paper... It was called the Battalion at Texas A and M, and and everyone read it. I don't know if they still do. It's been a long time, but there was a classified section in the back of it, and I I took out a you know twenty dollar, whatever it cost. I think it was like twenty bucks to put an ad in there. It said country singer looking for country band, serious gigs in line. I still remember that. I didn't have any gigs. I just lied about that. I just <laughs> thought that they would probably go <laughs> serious gigs coming. Uh, I didn't have any gigs on the book, so I just thought that they would be coming. I was pretty sure they would be coming. You were hopeful. Connor, hopeful. you got to have hope. You so, got to have hope, man. I, then I, I, I only got one call from that, but it was a keyboard player, Eric Barrera. I don't know if mm-hmm. you remember Eric. Oh, yeah. I remember Eric. So he called me and goes, uh, I'm, a, I'm a piano player, and I saw your ad, and I was like, okay. So we, we met at the library, and... I remember there was a piano in there and he played Garth Brooks, the dance. That's like, that was his audition. And I was like, this is great. You're great. (laughs) But through Eric, he knew a bass player. The bass player knew a guitar player. Long, long story short, everyone had a little short list. Everyone knows somebody that plays something. And then that, that network just expands out. So Connor, you want to get on as many of those short lists as you possibly can. And Bernie's right. You also want to be really likable. So talent, super important. Um, Likeability is probably even more important. It probably beats talent every time. Because you have a a really, really talented drummer that's just an a-hole. You're going to – no one wants to hire that guy. No one cares that much. Um, Because once you can play to a certain ability, you're you're in the game. And then you'll just keep on improving when you're in the gig. So – this can apply to everyone in in every career, in every job. Be on the short list. If you have a trade of some kind, um, be on somebody's short list. It could, you could just be an everything guy. At Yee Apparel, we're always looking for an everything guy. And in your business, I'm sure you are too. Mm-hmm. Like Absolutely. it always comes up where you're like, man, I wish I had a guy that could just do a lot of things really well. Mm-hmm. Um, the the last thing I'll say to this, Connor, is start a YouTube channel. Don't worry about getting subscribers and views, but just get some of your work online. Be ready to have a you know a handful of videos. I would say you need about ten videos. If you if you don't have a gig right now at all, um, just record in your bedroom playing songs. That way. Whenever you, whenever it does come up and you do meet somebody and they say, well, do you have anything of you playing? You go, boom, here's the, here's my YouTube page. You scroll through it. You can see different genres, different styles, uh, and me playing. And that's, 
I think that pretty much covers it. Yep. Yeah. Oh, here's here's one. It it says, "Hey Granger, my name is Yossi. I live in Israel, and I wanted to ask you what you think about Israel, and if you would ever come perform in Israel." And I probably don't see any gigs coming in in the future in Israel. It would be awesome. I don't of all the places in the world, I don't see my um, my career just exploding in Israel. But I think it's an interesting question. Yossi, that you're listening, um, because how do you I'm, spell, how do you spell uh, maybe I'm saying it wrong. Y O S S I. Yossi. And um, man, I want, I really want to go to Israel. I've never been. You've never been, right? Mm-mm. We should go together. I would Yossi, love to. Get a following going, and we'll come and uh, you know we'll hang out, we'll check it out, and maybe do a show. Play a, a small acoustic show. Yeah. And pay for our yeah. expenses to get Shoot there, maybe. <laughs> we'll do a podcast in Israel. Um, yeah, man. Lo- absolutely love. Is country well, music, like, big there? No. No? No. I could, say, I could say it's big in a lot of places, but I've never heard anyone Israel. say, man, the Israel country market's really exploding right now. Um, hey, I've never heard anyone that's go just there. opportunity. I know. For you, buddy. Right, here we go. It's wide open. <laughs> it's a raw market. Um, but I love, man, I love, I love the history there. And I will go there, not God willing, in my lifetime. I would love to, to go and maybe Bernie and Leslie and me and Amber. And you, they have some really good guides there. Yeah. That I, it seems like I've met a lot of people that recommend a guide. They're like, oh, you got to talk to Mark or whatever. And he, he's... He's from Pennsylvania, but he moved to Jerusalem, and now he takes tours over there, and he's really good. I've heard a lot of people say that. Yeah. So um, John Piper, his mother died in a a bus tour in Jerusalem. Really? Yeah. Wow. Like a accident? Yeah. Or? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was um, – this is uh, an evangelist that Bernie and I both follow, and I've talked about him on this podcast before, John Piper. He's He's amazing. But his mother, it was like probably 20 years ago, mother and father were visiting on tour and um, bus crashed, tourist bus, and she died instantly. And his dad went into um, critical condition, when, but recovered. So that was quite a phone call that he received for, wow. for about that. But yeah, you'll see. Let's do it. Here's a question that says... Um, I want to start by saying thank you for opening up yourself to the world and allowing us to see your heart and learn from your life experiences. My question is, how have you been able to rise above circumstances in your personal and professional life when you feel like you're stuck and you don't know what's God, what God's plan is for your future? Let me explain further. I'm a man who, like most, has peaks and valleys in my life. Uh, in the overall sense of life, I'm blessed beyond what I deserve. I have a wonderful, loving wife, a healthy, beautiful daughter, and people who care about me. I'm a man of faith, just as yourself, and feel that God has had his hand on my life in many different ways. But I'm currently in a season where I'm just struggling. My goal, as long as I can remember, was to be a great provider as a husband and father for my family. Even before I was married and had a child, that was my goal. I have followed uh, different career paths, options, and had different kinds of successes and failures. My wife has been supportive through all of my endeavors and uh, 
we, we moved together as a team. Earlier this year, I was let go from a job that I thought was going to be my dream career, and I could see myself growing from the company in the company for the rest of my working days, but I was let go for some personal health reasons. And then all this COVID stuff hit and all the jobs that I was interviewing for were frozen. I was able to find some basic hourly work to help us get by, but in no way is this a permanent solution. Every day I wake up feeling unfulfilled that I'm not properly taking care of my responsibilities as the head of my house. I'm trying to stay positive, but I continue to struggle. Thank you for any insight and continue to do what you do. You reach people in a deeper way. And this is from Jared from Nashville, Tennessee. Jared. Shout out to Nashville, yep, Tennessee, yep. where Bernie and I met. Yeah, good times. Great. It's a great question, Jared. And I very, I don't want to, I don't want to simplify it, but it's a common question. And that's not minimalizing your struggle, but it's common to be where you are and to think like you're thinking. The uncommon thing is probably to recognize it mm-hmm. and to reach out um, for help in it. Most people start to get used to the struggle or the, the being stuck feeling, and they just kind of think that life is out to get them and they're a victim of life and other people or luckier than they are, or more privileged than they are, and they just have a bad streak. But you don't sound like that. You sound like you're um, you're trying to take personal responsibility for this feeling, and that's awesome. You say I'm trying to stay positive, but I continue to struggle, and. Bernie, what do you say to Jared here? How do you start this? Uh, Jared, you ain't alone. Um, Granger, myself, probably most of the people watching this um, have been where you are or um, are currently where you are. Um, I I tend to try to look at things, um, try to uh, drift kind of out of the situation um, up and try to look at it from a higher perspective before I kind of get into details. Um, this is really hard too, because, um, usually with things like this, um, you're having a conversation and there's a lot of questions, there's a dialogue happening. And so with Jared, it's like, I can't, yeah, I got yeah. a lot of questions I'd love to ask you, but right. you know, the, to, to really dig into this, but it, you, we can't do that. So I think the, uh, it sounds like you have a, a positive outlook, even uh, and a positive mindset, even in the midst of these continual struggles. I think the biggest, and this is with anything, I think the biggest mistake that we can all make is confusing the things that we can control and the things we cannot control. Mm. So. All we can focus on, all of our energy has to be focused on the things that we can control, the things that you're doing. Um, you're you're continuing continuing to look for a job. You're continuing to, you know, put yourself out there to to love on your family. Um, what whatever's in front of you that you feel like God has given you the opportunity, like you are working hard at those things and pushing towards those things. Um, there's so much that's not in our control when we start to try to manipulate those things and like 
um, strangle it to happen and we start to force it, um, then our mindset, um, our, our faith, our heart, everything can just get out of sync because what we've done is we've, we've taken the reins over from, from God being in control um, of the things that he's in control of and and we've 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 tried to take those over instead of just focus focusing on hey here's what i've given you what if this season of struggle is for a reason like there's there's hmm. you know real um growth and uh and you know like the first part of james says consider it joy when you experience trials of many kinds hmm. because the testing of your faith will produce perseverance not just go ahead and bear it when you experience trials, like consider it joy. Like that's crazy. Mm. Like that's hard to get your head around. But Jared, I think that you may be in one of these situations where um, you just stop and say, okay, well, where is the joy in this struggle? What does that mean? And really dig into that. Look and see the things around you that God's given you to control and work hard at those things, work diligently at those things. And then um, the rest, you just have to put your faith in him that he's, he's got you on a path and that path is for your good. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's right on. And the cool thing is you have said, what's amazing about, I've gotten this stuck question a lot on this podcast, and, but what's different about yours is you says, my wife has been supportive of all my endeavors and we have made those moves as a team. Yeah, that's awesome. Man, that's so that, that is so awesome that you have her as a teammate in this. Because then what do teammates do? They win and lose together. They struggle together in the trenches together. And then that makes victory happen together. And you celebrate together and you cry together. And if you could look at her and she continues to look at you that way, then you could go to her right now and you could say, babe, Oh, I'm struggling right now. I, I feel like I'm not fulfilling my duty as, what did you say, head of the household. And watch her, it sounds like watch her lift you up and just say, you're, you're doing great. You're doing everything you need to be doing right now. I'm, I'm assuming that this is the kind of girl that's going to say that. Mm-hmm. And then what, what, are you, what are you trying to be at that point? What, what are you, what is this this mystical head of the household that you're talking about, it sounds like it's just a financial thing. It's talking about, I wish we had more money in our savings account. But you're providing food and shelter and security and love and guidance to your family. That's all you need. You don't need, you don't need anything above that besides just pleasurable things. You know, a new jet ski or whatever. So... Patience is going to be your key right now, and that's that's, mm-hmm. that's the key to so much of the world during 2020, COVID, and now continuing into 2021. Just have patience that, like Bernie said, you can't control the marketplace right now. So what you could do is, while you're practicing patience, that the marketplace is going to come back and you're going to have these opportunities again. Better yourself on a personal level. Get better your relationship with your wife and your daughter. Um, enjoy that maybe a little extra time. Like I'm 
having a little extra time with no touring, maybe you're going to have a little bit extra time before you do step into what's it's probably going to be a long-term career, your dream career. And the crazy thing about this, it's so hard to see it when you are stuck. But from the outside looking in, looking at just the kind of guy you are writing this question, guys like me and Bernie would look at you in five years and go, Jared, from Nashville, how's it going? Oh, man, I'm... I actually ended up landing a really awesome job and we're, we're, you know, we're doing good. I'm moving. And me and Bernie would go, yeah, we thought that we knew that was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's nothing (laughs) like what I thought it was going to be. You know, it took me a different way to get here, but yeah, I mean, it seems like that's how life goes. You could definitely be, this whole thing is most likely a, a blessing in disguise to get you to the, the career that that you probably would not have been available to get if you had been in the other job. So hang in there, man. Hang in there day by day, patience, and erase this idea of, I can't, I can't remember where you put it, of um, I'm not living up to the expectation. Where did you say that? Oh, here it is. Um, that I'm not properly taking care of my responsibilities as the head of the house. Take that out of your mind. Just, I know it's hard and it's admirable that you think that way, but just erase that part because you you are. Yeah. If you weren't doing that, you wouldn't have a loving wife next to you, supporting you in highs and lows in every endeavor. Though the, the men that don't have that and, and neglect that for career and status, they're actually the ones that I feel are neglecting their responsibility as head of the household. That is a great point. That's a great point. You, yeah, you could be in a really awesome career, making a ton of money, just flying up the corporate ladder, doing your dream job, and totally unfulfilling your your responsibilities as the head of the house. That's easy. That's probably more more likely to happen than underplaying the career. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's a great point. Um, yee yee, man, you're living it. You're living it. Enjoy this, uh, this chapter of your life, this season of your life that might feel like struggle, but I would say, enjoy this as a transition before the page turns and something else happens. It's coming. It's coming. Let's see if I can get it one more before we take a break. I like how everybody references like 2020. It's like, yeah, COVID, 2020. It's like we got to New Year's and everybody was like, yes, 2021, here we go. I know. And it's like, yeah, we're kind of still. the same. (laughs) It's exact. Nothing has changed. We do have hope, guys. Don't get me wrong. But it's uh, not quite the the same cutoff as we thought. I'm going to squeeze one more in before we take a break. And this is an easy one. It says, hey, Granger, my name's Chad. I live in Morganton, North Carolina. Shout out to NC. Says, I have a cheap $30 drone. I'm thinking about getting a better one. I've always wondered, what type of drone do you use for filming? The one that, uh, the, the one I have said it was 1080p when I ordered it, but turns out that was just clickbait. Thanks for taking your time and connecting with us. Um, yeah, I, don't spend $30 on a drone. Don't spend $30 on any camera and expect it to perform for you. Um, I have a good answer for you, and this is this is not sponsored or there's no money involved, but um, I fly a DJI Mavic Mini. Now there is a Mavic Mini 2 on Amazon, 
and I believe it's like just under 400 bucks. So that's a big step from $30, but it's a big step down from what you're going to see typically a 12, 13, $1,400 drones that Mavic will make. Mavic Mini is the smallest of their line and the cheapest of their line, but it is phenomenal. I use it for all of my videography. I've flown it over Niagara Falls and the mountain, Sawtooth Mountains in Idaho, and I've flown it in Mexico on the on the beach. Um, it's performed in negative 10 degrees and 115 degrees in the desert. It's awesome little drone, the Mavic Mini. And I believe there's a Mavic Mini 2 now. I think that's what they sell now, but... I would also encourage you to get the insurance if you can. <laughs> uh, I also have a, a DJI a Phantom 4. Uh, maybe we flew it into a building downtown maybe. in Austin. Um, but that insurance comes in handy, so make sure you pick that up. On the latest episode of The Smiths, I, I did a podcast in a high-rise on a 70 rain. Is it 70 rainy? Yeah. You know, that's an awesome building, downtown Austin. Yeah. So I was on the 32nd floor, and I was like, I'll fly the drone. So I took off from the balcony, and I was so nervous because it was so high. Mm-hmm. I'd never taken off from that height. And I went right around the building, and as soon as I went around the building, all the signal just blacked out. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is bad. This is real bad. Like, there's a drone hovering over downtown Austin right now without a command. And it's still there? And it's, like... <laughs> and it's just hovering. And I was like, well, you know, it's going to run a battery. It's going to fall, and it's going to hit some poor lady in the head, and then yeah. they're going to sue me. Yeah. Um, so I panicked and went to the inside of the apartment, went to another window, and it was able to get reception Okay. just enough to just get it, just to clear, I guess that building cut off all signal. Yeah. Or just cleared it a little bit, but I freaked out. That's awesome. <laughs> Testament, though. Yeah. yeah. Once again, not sponsored, no money involved. It's yeah. the best kind of endorsement I can give because they're not paying me. It's just a, it's an awesome drone. Don't, don't spend 30 bucks. We're going to take a quick break. Be right back. Podcast is brought to you by Best Fiends. You know, there's a lot of things in childhood that, we played, we did during this crazy snowstorm. We brought out all the old board games that I grew up with as a kid. And it's so funny to see how some of them hold up and some of them come become completely irrelevant and not fun at all. Uh, something that will not change, that that is, is born to be a legacy in our future gaming is Best Fiends. And games have come a long way since we were kids. It seems like the more instant classics we get... Uh, you know, as time goes on and on, um, the less those games matter. That's not the case with Best Fiends. As, as you probably know, uh, Best Fiends has a worldview of lovable characters, thousands of levels, and more content that gets added all the time. I just started playing, and I'm, it's it's really already nostalgic for me. And uh, it's really fun for my kids as well and for us to play together and kind of bond together. It, the game is uh, super colorful. It's super challenging. It seems like there's always um, a level that you can't get to. And Lincoln and London love to play that with me. In fact, they knew about Best Fiends long before I started talking about it on this podcast and before they started sponsoring this podcast. There's literally thousands of levels to play and counting, plus tons of cute characters to collect. So you never get tired of solving puzzles. And the good news is with Best Fiends, the fun never ends. Just don't blame me if you become slightly obsessed. And it's, in my mind, 
this isn't scientifically proven, but it's, it's, it's one of those things like when you, when you use the opposite hand, when you eat dinner, for me, I'm left-handed. I use my right hand to eat dinner. It exercises a new part of the brain. And I'm pretty sure for me and my kids, Best Fiends does that. So you got to go check this thing out. It's, it's download, downloadable anywhere uh, on any app store, whatever kind of phone you use. And it's, it's super easy. You could download Best Fiends today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's Best Fiends with a, not friends, it's Fiends, F-I-E-N-D-S, Best Fiends without the R. And uh, then come back and tell me what you think about it. Come back and comment on this podcast if you think that uh, you are becoming slightly obsessed like I am. And if you have kids like I am, um, come and, and bring them on and see see what happens and see how you could kind of expand your brain a little bit. You never could could accomplish the the high score that you had. You always want to go one step more and one more. You could never get to uh, where you're totally satisfied with playing this game. So best fiends, check it out. This podcast is also sponsored by Athletic Greens, another sponsor that I have talked about before on here. And so now I am probably about a month into using this product. And basically it's a powder. It's a green powder that supplements all the greens that you need in your life. And a quick powder, some people just throw it in water. It mixes easily. It tastes good. Um, I throw it in my morning shake. So I do a little workout and then I'll come make a shake and put different things like whey protein in it and maybe a banana and apple. And then I throw athletic greens in there and it supplements exactly what you need. All that salad that you don't really want to eat during the day, you get it right there in one scoop. It has so many benefits, and I would recommend this to anybody personally, not just because uh, they're sponsoring this podcast. So with so many stressors in today's life, to maintain effective nutritional habits and give our bodies the nutrients they actually need to survive with busy schedules, poor sleep, exercise, stress, or simply not eating enough of the right foods, this is where Athletic Greens can help. Their daily all-in-one superfood powder is nutritional, it's essential for your body, and it's far the, by far the easiest and most delicious nutritional habit that you could add to your health routine today and empower you to take ownership of your health. One tasty scoop of Athletic Greens contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, multi-mineral, probiotic, green superfood blend, and more that all works together to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet, increase energy and focus, aid with digestion, and help support a healthy immune system, all without the need to take multi multiple products, pills, salads, all that stuff. This actually really helped me during um, the Texas snow when we were locked inside for a week. And of course, we don't have any produce. We ran through everything in the fridge. I knew I was actually getting what my body needed through one scoop of Athletic Greens. It's really awesome. Right now, Athletic Greens is doubling down on supporting your immune system during the winter months. And they're offering my audience a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase Visit my link today. You'll basically never have to buy vitamin D again. So whether you're looking for peak performance or better health, covering your basis with Athletic Greens makes investing in your energy, immunity, and gut health each day very simple, tasty, and efficient. Visit athleticgreens.com forward slash Granger and join health experts, athletes, health-conscious go-getters around the world, and me, a country singer that does a podcast, 
and uh, make that daily commitment to your health. Visit athleticgreens.com forward slash Granger. Get your free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs. And this has nothing bad in it. No additives, nothing that you don't need, only what you do, and it actually tastes good. Check it out. What time did you wake up this morning, Burns? 5.30. No snooze? No snooze. I well, wanted to so bad. Well, no, dude, actually, I, I, I work out with a buddy of mine. Uh, we do this hill workout on Tuesdays. And uh, so I know when I go to bed, it's like, dude, you got to get up and get to it. Because you know he's going to be waiting on yeah. you. Yeah. That's a, good, that's a good thing. What about days when someone is not waiting on you? Uh, I still get up out of habit, but... It's a little bit harder. It's like, uh, do I want to? Is there? Do you have any tricks or anything? Like, I know for a long time Parker was like putting the alarm in another room, or or, at the, or excuse me, at the other side of the room. So you so had to, to actually. Oh, it's so annoying. Yeah. You have to actually get up. Um, no, I mean my wife would like if I had to. She would just wake up if I had it like going off on another, right. you know, another place. So. Um, no, I, I think it's more of like the fear of waking her up <laughs> that early. So I just right. like, I hit it and get out of bed. Yeah, that's so. that's a good, uh, really good motivation. Um, I don't do this all the time and I should do it more to motivate me, but I always wake up to my watch mm-hmm. vibrates. So it's Amber never hears it, but I've thought about it. And I used to do this when we actually lived in a house, not an RV. Um, I would put my phone like on a table and set the alarm for five minutes after my watch is going to go off. Mm-hmm. So I know, or like one, I used to do it like two minutes sometimes. So I know if I don't get up with that vibration on my hand, <laughs> it's about to wake Amber up and I don't want to deal with that. Yeah, that's right. So that's right. yeah, I, I, th- I thought about you this morning. Cause yeah, you'll have to show me. I tried to do, cause you told me that last time. And I would love to do that, but how do you have it vibrate on the alarm, but like not on everything? Because I don't want like it vibrating whenever text messages or, or anything. Um, anything do else not comes disturb. In? Okay. The alarm goes through. Do not disturb, but nothing else does. Okay. Yeah. So the little half moon. Yeah. Set that on if you don't want it ever buzzing you. Okay. Gotcha. Um. I. Yeah. I love it. All and right. I've noticed that when my alarm goes off. There's like a 60 second window when I have to get up when I actually feel awake. But then mm-hmm. when 60 seconds goes by, it's like, oh, it feels really good just to lay here. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> let's, let's dig in here. All right. It says the subject line on this says, should I separate from the Navy? Hey, Granger, my name is Ryan. I'm from Port Orchard, Washington. Shout out to Washington. I currently just hit the halfway point in my military career, and I got my 10-year point with the Navy on October 6th. I'm serving on a submarine in Bangor, Washington, and I go underway about every six months. The underways, which I guess Army calls deployments, have gotten much harder since I had my son two years ago, and I just don't know how to justify staying in and missing him grow up. 
I don't want uh, to miss him growing up, but if I stay in, I'll have some sort of financial security for the rest of my life. How do I justify one over the other? I figured you're a good person to ask since you go on tour and you have to spend time away from your family on a regular basis. I love what you're doing with all the channels, and I'm glad you finally got into a Ford. Uh, have a good one. And yee yee. Ryan. Ryan from Washington Thanks for State. your service, Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for your service. And great question, complicated question, and once again, a question that could that a lot of people could relate to. You don't you don't necessarily have to be in the Navy. You could be a over the road trucker that goes on, mm-hmm. you know, that's out four days a week and and in three. You could be a could be a firefighter. You know, twenty four mm-hmm. on and twenty four off, and you're missing every other day. You're completely missing your family. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously you could be a touring musician. I feel that. Although these days, unless I'm going to the West coast, I mean, 21 days is as long as I've ever been gone on a tour. And those days were really when I was in the, in the heat of the struggle. And I don't see those kind of days anymore because I, I choose to spend money on airplane flights, which is a huge, huge privilege of being able to get some higher paying gigs before I had those gigs, I had no choice, but to stay out on the road. And one of the things I invest quickly invested in when I was able to get higher paying gigs is airplane tickets. Don't think twice about it. I look at the year of income for me and I'm like, boom, that percentage is going to airplane tickets. Mm-hmm. And it's, it sucks for at some level because you look at it and you're like, dude, did you just spend, $475 on a round trip ticket to tour and back from tour. Look at all the stuff you could buy for 400. You could buy a Mavic yeah. drone <laughs> <laughs> and but, the insurance, <laughs> but that's the price I pay to have an extra 24 or 48 hours at home. So, um, some of my band members do that. Some of my band members that, you know, that will buy a flight that they shouldn't, you know, financially probably shouldn't be doing. But that's just the investment that I've seen people make. You, Ryan, don't have that choice. You go, you go off, and you you cannot come back. Six months at six, a time. Six months. You no, know, he go. He says I go underway every six months. So I, I don't know if that's six months gone, six months back. That's okay. probably what that means, right? Did he say if he? is married or how how old his kids were no he just says it's gotten harder since his son he had a son Son. two years ago okay so sons too so i don't know if he's married and i don't know if it's more than two years old sounds like it sounds like your son's two yep so there's a couple ways to look at this um one you could look at it the garth brooks way Garth, it's funny to even mention that, but Garth made it public that he was going to hit touring as hard as he could until his daughters, I believe he has daughters, um, became teenagers. As soon as they became teens, that's when, boom, Garth is retiring. Now, you see Garth is now back in touring. That's because his daughters have now, they're done with school. Mm-hmm. So he made the decision, not saying it's right or wrong, but he made the decision to be there during the teenage years of his kids every single day, no touring. Um, 
So that's something to think about, Ryan. It's like, okay, your son's two. How, how much impact can you make on your two-year-old right now compared to how much impact can you make on an 11-year-old boy or 10-year-old boy? And that's still eight years from now. So you, did you say how much longer? You said you hit the halfway point in your career. You got to the 10-year point. So add 10 years to that. Your son's 12. So he, one option is you finish out all your work in the Navy for another 10 years, I'm guessing. Your son's 12, and then you retire and, and take a you know work-from-home type job. And you're with your son every single day from 12 years old on. That's an option. Um, knowing that if he's got a good mother, you know, she raises him to 12 every six months. You're, you're in and out. And then you really hit it when he's becoming a man. Um, don't know. I don't know if, that, if that's good or not, but it's an it's a option. Yeah, it's right? a option. Um yeah, there, there's, there's definitely, you know, again, it's, it, it's tough because, you know, Ryan, we don't have you sitting here uh, to ask you these questions, but um, I, w- I would be curious what the dialogue is like with you. It, or, are you married um, or you have a serious girlfriend? Like, what is the dialogue with, like, how does she feel about you being gone? Um, there's a whole, you know, like, what is, uh, you know, what, what does the world look like for you if you, uh, if you did leave the Navy, what does life look like? Uh, there's, you know, is there other opportunities? Is mm. there other things that are kind of pulling at you that could be, um, you know, or or is this, you feel like you're really pulled towards this and being guided towards this, but there's that, um, that sacrifice that's being asked of you to like be away from your son, um, which is, you know, admirable for sure. Uh, it, will, it's a will, tough spot. I will say this. And I'm not going to advocate either way, but the idea of a father being there for for the, all the moments of the son growing up is a relatively new concept in human history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like yeah. in the in the old days, that you just the yeah. mother raised them, and the father yeah. went and hunt, hunted the meat, yeah, and brought. That's just how it was. Um, so it's kind of a new concept that the modern culture has developed, where it's like. No, the father needs to stay home all the time and be with the kids. And it's definitely not a bad thing, but I've, I've also looked at it as a father that works a lot and has gone a lot. Actually, Bernie, you taught me this a long time ago, that it's not the amount of time you're home. It's the amount of time that you're present when you are home. Absolutely. So you could be gone for six months. And be and then come be, be home for six months and be more present than the average father is the entire year. That they're with their kids. They're with their kids every yep. day, and a lot of guys will work a nine to five. So then you, by the time you commute home and you're home by six, and you you have dinner and the kids are already it's time for bath and bed. You got maybe forty five minutes. On, on an average week with your kid and are you present during that 45 minutes? Like, are you with them? Are you distracted? Cause you're still cleaning up stuff from the day of work. Are you still, are you trying to think about tomorrow? Are you just trying to unwind and watch a little Netflix and you don't want to mess with kids right now? Um, this is, 
this is real. This is a real story that you could be gone for six months, home for six months, and still have more interaction with your kids. So that's that's the way I've justified it when I'm on a long tour. I'm like, when I get home, I'm going to be super present, and I'll do it for you know all day for several days. Do I really do that? I try to. <laughs> I don't, I don't always do it because I too get distracted and, and I have to set things and I have to set obstacles from me being around my phone or getting stuck on, you know, on the computer, on email or whatever. So I have to force myself to be present, but I'm so glad when I do. So I've looked at it to justify this is that A, I'm going to be super present when I, when I am home and B, I'm also going to set an example to my kids that Dad, when I grew up, Dad was he worked really hard and he provided for us and he was passionate about what he did. For in your case, he served our country in a submarine. And when he was home, he was awesome. He was focused on me, loved me, played with me. That's a pretty awesome dad. That's a pretty yeah. great resume when you're when you're 60 years old and I'm just going to throw it out there, your son's 40 years old and your son goes, "Man, He's 40 years old, and he goes, I remember growing up with Dad. He was in a submarine. That's so awesome. He fought, And then when he came home, he was so focused on me, and he loved what he did, and now, now he's set financially. Man, there is nothing wrong with that. That makes up for the time you're on the sub missing your son Yeah, to me. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think really uh, your son is probably not old enough quite yet, but maybe at, maybe at two, like, and your wife or, you know, significant other. I think it's just a conversation. Like if you're communicating like your heart behind why you're going, uh, you know, back into the Navy, why you're doing this, why you're doing that. Uh, I, I feel like communication is the biggest breakdown when yeah. it comes to these decisions. Like we're just not talking with the people that are influenced and that we're trying to influence about why we're making the decision, invite them into the conversation because then they feel like, you know, your son could be like, you know, yeah, go get him, Dad. Like he he could be kind of like on your team, and and excited about you going, so you can come back and tell him the stories, and because yeah. he got to be a part of it. Yeah. Um. So just the communication would be like, uh, I think a big part of it. Absolutely, man. If I sat here on this podcast and advocated for every person that's deployed in some way that they probably should quit their job to be a stay-at-home dad. <laughs> Man, that would be doing a total disservice to this country. When people yeah. say, thank you for your service, part of that is, I hope you don't die. Thanks for volunteering to maybe die for, for the But another huge part of that is, thank you for your sacrifice to your own family. Yeah, absolutely. So that other families could live a, a free life. So... That's a great point. I think that gets overlooked a it lot, does. but it's a great point. People don't necessarily think about, you know, our military, our first responders, like healthcare workers right now, like yeah. the sacrifice, they're not only sacrificing their their well-being, but yeah. also the time they could be, you know, with their families. Yeah. And Ryan's the perfect yeah. example, man. You you you're it's like the, it's like the same problem as the last person that wrote in that you're stuck and mm -hmm. you're struggling except for you do have the job security 
And now you're stuck because you could have <laughs> financial security, but you don't, you don't have enough time. It's the opposite, exact opposite of the last question that was stuck with the family and didn't have the financial security. So this is a good example of how <laughs> humans are just not going to be content. You have That's to really dig deep That's right, to yeah. find that kind of contentment. Yeah, but great question, man. Once again, thanks for your service. Thanks for writing in. Um, I know you'll make the right decision for you and your family. All right, here we go. It says <laughs> the, the the subject line is career search. <laughs> here we go. Right, this is the Granger Smith Career Podcast. <laughs> I'm out of a job because of COVID, and so should you be. Let's see. My name is Ben. I'm from the west side of Michigan. I'm a huge fan of the podcast. It puts me in the right headspace to start the week. Thank you, Ben. I appreciate you joining us on Monday. It says, my question is this. How do I discern what the correct career is for me? I'm a junior in college studying business slash economics and wanting to do something in the field of marketing or market research. Both of those careers really interest me. However, what truly excites me the most is fishing and conservation. Those jobs are hard to come by in that industry, and often they make very little money. Is it wrong of me to pursue a career in marketing to make a little more money, even if it doesn't excite me as much? It says, I'm trying to lean on God in this search, but I wish I could hear from him more clearly. Thanks, Ben. Don't we all sometimes, Ben? I want to hear God more clearly on yeah. what to do. God, just write it in the cloud or something, yeah. you know? You send me a text on that. Um, Great question, Ben. Yeah. Um, I feel you, bro. I think Bernie and I both could both relate to this in our, in our lives. Um, and... Bernie's actually a great a great person to be sitting here with this question because you eventually did choose the career over the just the passion. Yeah. Um it's a it's a really again, I know I keep saying this <clears throat> guys, but it's such a tough thing to dissect these questions without a dialogue. So if all you guys want to come here to the farm and like sit in the audience, then we can we can kind of have a dialogue. But we should do that one day, dude, a live, live podcast, podcast with right. the studio audience. Yeah. Um, all right, coming soon in a non-COVID world to yeah. you. <laughs> but without that luxury, um, because I, I I don't know necessarily if if I um, I, I think it's really just about like what's you know, what's your purpose? I think you just got to, you got to figure out what your purpose in life is. And that's going to be different for everybody based on experience, belief systems, where you are in your journey. Um, and what things do you value? I mean, you know, do you value money? Why? You know, what's, what's, you know, driving that? Um, and then just kind of like spend some time dissecting a lot of these different questions and I think once you kind of spend some time just alone writing questions down and, and answering them and really digging into it, I think you could probably look at all of that and it's going to probably point you towards one way or another. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. It, it's such a hard thing because I don't think that a career is something that we just choose one day. Oh, hey, I'm going to go mm-hmm. do this. Um, I mean, you can decide that in your mind, but we all know um, <laughs> that working out all the time doesn't necessarily happen. Especially so, being 19 or 20 years old that I'm assuming you are a junior in college. Yeah, I just I, I think that life is an adventure and it, it's a journey and it's so exciting if you kind of you're on a roller coaster, put your hands up and enjoy it and don't necessarily worry about what money you're going to make 5 years from now or my I'm going to what my career long career is going to be like <laughs> like man we've given we've been given this day so look at what is in front of you the opportunities in front of you the things that you know God's stirring in your heart like and is there an opportunity towards that is there a way for you to like um you know refine your craft of whatever it is and then does that open some opportunity i i don't think it's like a line in the sand you got to do this you got to do this um and, yeah. You know, Granger said before, like we we met in Nashville, and we were both pursuing a uh, a career in music. Um, his obviously did okay, um, but you know, God had a different path for me, and uh, I had my hands up. I wasn't trying to control it. I, I did it for a while, but it taught me so many things. And it was finally once I kind of let go of trying to control my own career, my own destiny, and I just said, God, what do you got for me? And it wasn't like automatically I became, you know, the CEO of this company. It was... Tell them, it, it tell was them how lot. you became the CEO of this company. Well, to finish the thought, it was a lot It was a lot of just day in, day out, just grind and like a lot of stillness and like, God, is this, is this where I need to be? Is this where I need to be? Is this where I need to be? Over and over and over. Um, but I, I feel like, I mean, if you're asking how... I, got to that position, it really was just that. It was it was just the day on the daily. Um, you know, just coming to the solitude and the quiet and just affirming that this path that I'm on, I'm I'm still on this. Okay. Cause if I'm still on this and the door's still open, I am going at it with everything that I can. And eventually, you know, the you know, God just started opening more doors and and has even taken me to like from where I started, taking me to like a different place. I never thought that I would be doing the work that I do now. Um, but I can't imagine doing anything else. Um, and so I, I think you just, I, I know that you said you're a junior in college. Yep. Um, man, you have a whole life in front of you and a whole like huge world of opportunities and people that are going to come in your path. And my advice would just kind of be hold it all with, you know, with open hands and just get after whatever opportunity is in front of you that you really feel that nudge towards. Dude, you say, I'm a junior college studying business economics, wanting to do something in the field of marketing or market research. And both of these really excite me. However, what truly excites me, or excuse me, you say truly, really interests me. But however, what truly excites me is fishing in a conservation. What if I told you right now on this podcast, straight up, Ben, how about you don't choose, you take both? Yeah, great. Answer. How about you do both? Yeah. Do both. It's not like you hate, you didn't say, I just hate market research. You actually said that really interests me. What if you do that 
And then every weekend you fish and and practice conservation. You, that is, this is something. And what if you become like a marketing research for person for fishing, fishing conservation? conservation? Dude, I mean that that's it. I, I would I. I'm not. I'm not on this podcast. I usually kind of leave it pretty open ended. But I think your question right now, Bernie's right saying that this could change tomorrow. But right now, if you're having to pick a career path for electives or college classes or whatever, just stick with this business economics thing. It sounds like you're a smart dude. It sounds like you're going to do great in this, and that, and that's the way to get into the ground floor of that industry and start making a little money, making some contacts, and then. You're, you're still fishing. No one's going to say quit fishing. That's never going to happen. You're going to be able to do that. And then as, as your career goes on, you'll find how those two things could completely merge, like Bernie said. And you could actually start working in the field of marketing for a fishing company. What if you're marketing for Field and Stream magazine or you know, something that's like got, that pivots between conservation and fishing at the same time? Um, my, that's my answer. Do both, Ben. Do both. Do it yeah. all. Um, the cool thing is you're not – you don't have a family yet to have that aspect like we've talked about in earlier questions where you have to feel like you need to provide. This is why it's so important to to really find out who you are before you start a family, in my opinion. Really grasp who you are and start, start like plowing that field right now so that then um, you'll, you'll have a good headspace of where you need to be. Awesome question. Yeah, and that's a good one. I also, will you just say how you became the CEO of this company? But how did you start that, right? It's crazy. Yeah, so I responded to an ad on Craigslist to be a helper. Yep. A helper in what? Uh, like a carpenter's helper. And so, how much carpenter experience did you have? Um, a little bit. Could swing a hammer? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I wasn't, uh, yeah, I wasn't like this old house level or anything, but I was just, uh, I could like nail stuff and screw stuff and cut boards and it was like, they need somebody just to, I don't know. It was a, it was an ad on Craigslist for a carpenter's helper. So it's like my expectations were already pretty low. I didn't even want to go to the interview. It was my wife who said, oh, you're going, you're going to the interview. I was like, okay. I'll go. I'll go just see. I don't know if I want to get in construction again, and, um, but I got I got the nudge from her, and the rest is history. And then slowly over time, you yep. gained favor by the owner of the company at the time. Until mm-hmm. uh, you got more and more responsibility through him, um, more and more leadership opportunities through him, mm-hmm. and then when he was, I'm just I'm just telling your own story, but. Yeah. Um, when he got to a certain age and didn't want to do it anymore, mm-hmm. he literally sold you the company. Mm-hmm. The guy that responded to the Craigslist ad for yeah. a carpenter helper. Yep. That's so awesome. And for all these career questions out there, sometimes you just got to answer the call. You got to answer the call. That's you it. You got to go to the interview. And the other thing that I think we've lost a lot of in our culture that's very um, instant gratification, like, yeah. oh, I got I to gotta get this right away. And it's like, I've been at this same company now 13 years, and a lot of those years were really just day in, day out, grinding, framing when it's 105, 
Yeah. Like digging trenches if it needs to be, just doing whatever needed to be done. Um, I think back to the other uh, fella that was uh, Connor, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, if I, I think if you just um, work diligently at something, the opportunity that's in front of you, and don't go chasing waterfalls all over the place. Hey, this is what's in front of me. I'm going to work really hard at this, and I'm going to try to build up everybody around me. I'm going to try to make them better. Yep. All of a sudden, it's like you become the best one of those people because you're focused on becoming really good. And then you have the support of all of these people. So before the owner came to me and before I started that relationship, the the former owner, I had to gain the respect of all the guys next to me. And, you know, like, uh, which wasn't easy. Um, It just took time because, I mean, you you come in and start at the bottom and everyone's like, you know, hey, go sweep the, you know, go sweep over there, go pick that up. And it's like, okay, okay, cool. And you sweep it better than anyone ever could sweep it. That's right. That's yeah. awesome, man. I love that story so much. It's such a testament for all these career questions that we, we get. Um, dude, out of time. You freaking rock. Dude, good stuff. So man. fun, man. Yeah. So fun. Thank you, guys. If y'all want to have Bernie back, comment. Bring Bernie back. That's what you did last time. So love you guys. Yee yee. Thanks for joining me on the Granger Smith podcast. I appreciate all of you guys. You could help me out by rating this podcast on iTunes. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to this channel, hit that little like button and notifications bell so that you never miss any time I upload a video. If you have a question for me that you would like me to answer, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Yee yee.